The following podcast is presented to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the panel discussion. Happy New Year. Hope you're all doing well. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your three hosts, alongside Greg and Chris Gullo. And what we do here, if you haven't heard us before, we review old comics, we review new comic books and a couple different categories, and we have a little fun. like to mix it up every week and as far as what we select, something that's usually out of our comfort zone. Um, this has been, I think it's been a pretty quiet week for news, I would have to say. Uh... Yeah, I mean, usually the holiday hangover. Aquaman's doing well, which is um, good. I'm in happy the box to see that. office, which is good. It was so. Gotham good. comes back this week, and that should be interesting. I think they extended the episodes in this final season, but I watched a trailer, and Gotham has a love hate relationship with with DC fans. Yeah, um, but I watched a trailer, and I'm pretty freaking pumped for it. Like, there's, it did, you know, the, I did I did watch it. it did there's a good. point where like the kid it's basically the joker i'm just not crazy about him him and bruce i see i love that actor i like Jerome that's the guy i wanted jeremiah well I, but it's the same actor that's the actor i wanted to play carnage but yeah that was um, good. but uh there, there's a there's a clip where they show like bruce is fighting uh joker near a vat of acid like like all oh, cool they're going with that like crazy origin like it's gonna be a lot of crazy stuff like man bat bane like they're they're just going and all their like riddler dies and comes back back to life like from um oh, his name's escaped me the doctor uh, uh but hugo strange yeah it's so it's it, it's crazy uh it's gonna be a fun season but that comes back this week i think everything else is like mid-january runaways came out a couple weeks ago i still have not watched it i, I will i promise there, there's just a lot there's a lot going on i know um captain marvel was confirmed at two hours and ten minutes runtime today yeah. so that's good that's about thor ragnarok uh, yeah i mean that's good i mean you know i'm i'm really hoping for that we get out of this we get that 90s flair i i really think that they can make a 90s marvel avengers movie and i say that in the aspect of they introduced black panther with a 90s clip they've done her, her um uh they're gonna do her in the 90s you know, and they had they've showed other clips of like a young Tony Stark in the nineties and stuff like that. But I would love to see like a nineties Avengers, just like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, you know, whoever else was, you know, you could put in that time. Period. That would be cool. They'd have to retcon some stuff, but I do think that would be a really really cool concept. I, I don't know how much they have to retcon. Like you don't you don't do a lot of the new modern guys, just people from before. You could say, oh, this hero. You could not call them the Avengers the like, straight up. But. Well, no, yeah, no, that's yeah, I know, I understand that. But. Yeah. That would be interesting. I, I would like to see them go back in time. Yeah, I mean, like Ant-Man and Wasp, like classic. Like, have a young Michael Douglas and what's-her-name. Yeah, I mean, uh, and Bucky was out in there in the 90s killing people. Like, as the assassin, yeah. As a winter soldier. So, like, they're, you know, and they could try to stop him. Like, there's there's a lot of cool things um, that that they have that they have there, so. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. I know they're discussing also X-Men could possibly start getting into production as soon as six months into this year, please. please. I know, right? There's so much. It's, they they've delayed Phoenix till 
basically not release it. <laughs> like it's supposed to come out this year. Apparently, I think this is supposed to be the biggest year for superhero movies ever. If that's if like Phoenix and New Mutants have been delayed to beyond belief, we may never see New Mutants. I'm fine with that. We may never see Phoenix. I'm, I'm okay without that. seeing Dark Phoenix, but I do want to see New New Mutants. Um, I actually read an article today. You know, people just throw articles out from whatever bullshit sources. But um, it, it said that Dark Phoenix was just as bad as the Fantastic Four reboot. So... That, so it's the best movie of all time? <laughs> no, Don't that, give me stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, I'm sorry, but that, that makes sense. Like, the, the problem with, you know, I've said it on the show before, the problem with Fox Studios is, is that they have a vision of turning the X-Men into one of their properties other than making one of their properties like the X-Men. And yeah. what I mean by that is they don't create that nostalgia. They don't create that field. They don't create that universe building. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of mutants. Yeah. And the X-Men comics are probably the one of the best built universes in Marvel Comics because you can spawn off so many yeah. things. I mean, you have all these runs going on right now. and They just make the easy movie, not the right movie. No, they don't right. make the right movie. They don't make the character building. Like, okay, great, we're invested in Wolverine and, and Jean Grey. But if they really got us invested in any other character in the last 20 years... That would have helped. Well, may, aside okay, from may, Mystique. Maybe Magneto. But, like, yeah, but, like, I, you, they've never told a really good Cyclops story yet. Like, a no. really actual good oh, Cyclops. Oh, no, there's Cyclops. Don't even be started on that end. Every single Archangel story has been inaccurate and terrible. <laughs> Their casting is... That's the the biggest bummer about Fox, I think, is the casting is on point. Like, I don't think there was a, a character casting that I really was like, ugh, but that I can't speak because I know this is going to offend people. Besides, I hated Halle Berry's Storm. That was my least favorite casting. If anyone's going to play Storm, like, uh, oh, I can't think of her name now. Deny, I can't think of her her full name but Denine she Gore was or something? yeah who was in who was in Walking Dead and she was just in Black Panther she would be my choice for Storm right now okay cuz she's actually like Halle Berry was too weak to me and like Storm is this powerful african woman like well, she had that like that her voice always stood out to me from the animated series so when they cast Halle Berry right, with her I like s- very timid oh hey well, no <laughs> um authoritative the, yeah. the the good news is is that it looks point. like this deals really almost at the final point. And what I, we talk about these TV shows on the DC or Disney plus app or whatever it's going to be. I really would like to see, and I know we have the gifted, but a real good X-Men television show. It doesn't have to be all the main characters, but you can tell a great Iceman Colossus, you know, guys like that. Yeah. You don't even have to because they're That's a because great there's point. so many good villains they haven't even touched. They haven't touched Omega Red um, at all. I they, would Sinister. Like, they haven't touched Sinister. Like they they've alluded to him. So if we they did a TV show, I would want like Generation X, where they're like doing the students in the school and like maybe like Emma Frost and some of the more like B minor characters. I think that would be kind of a cool like Jubilee leading the charge. Yeah, but it's a real X Men story because the gift yeah. is is like. The X Men died, and here we are. Like, I, yeah. I get what they're going with. The, the Gifted is 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 a, a nice mutant story, but it's not an X Men. Or story. they could eventually translate Gifted to an X Men story uh, if Fox gives it up. I don't. Well, the, the problem is, is Fox has a show, so so I mean, they could. It would be an easy transition, so that's not a problem. But Disney may just go. Yeah. No. No. But it, it does have success, so who knows? Oof. 
There's a lot. There's so much going on. I love it. I really want. I think you guys mentioned it briefly. I was somewhat distracted, but like I would love to see them do one of the Marvel TV shows that they were talking about on the on the Disney streaming service. I would love to see them take that Guardians of the Galaxy team they put together and Guardians. The oh, the two, older one, yes. And do like a short, like ten episode series with them. Listen, I think that'd oh, be dope. Oh, this, yeah, especially with Stallone. Like he's yeah. he's an American now. Ving Rhames. Um, like. Here's <laughs> that what, was a cool idea. And we we all talk about these crazy. Of course, everyone wants to see Wolverine. Everybody. I think one of the coolest things about getting the rights to the X Men characters be every heroes. Well. Having Psylocke in an actual Captain Britain story because yeah, Captain Britain has been talked about forever, and that 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 art's out there, the the get the guest casting, like it's gonna happen. Yeah, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie, Ben Braddock is gonna be in the MCU. Yeah, and you can actually have Psylocke, and I told I would love if they carry over the Lance Hunter character from Agents of Shield because the guy's a great actor. Yeah, and boom, you you got a British TV's really hot right now. Yeah. And it's been out for the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. You Doctor Who, Sherlock and Holmes, Sherlock Holmes um, you know, all, uh, the, the original office. Like, British TV's hot. Even if you gave the rights to BBC and let them do it. Like, yeah. it could be a really good show. That would be a great way to make it more of an international property than it already is. Yes, I second that. That would that would be that would be really cool. Oh, man. I know we got too much into no, that's not a bad thing. I love this talk. I know we need to have a show. Sometimes I prefer the news over the comic book reading. Sometimes, but um, uh, next twenty three days. Uh, <laughs> uh, on that note, um, we're gonna try and do Free episode. We're gonna try, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, we're gonna try next week. We're gonna try and hook up with our good friends uh, of the BICBP Radio Network. Of the other another podcast that I do, the Push Start podcast, we're gonna try and do a a video game esque comic book um, crossover with them. We're gonna shoot for that for next Thursday. I like most of or, those guys. There's one I don't like. What? There's one of those guys I don't like from that that podcast. Why? Because he's sitting next to me. Oh, you piece of shit! <laughs> I was like, what did what did Christian and Candy do to you? Nothing. They're <laughs> gems. They are gems. So um. Well, yeah, we're going to try and shoot for that next week, a big crossover recording, so we'll see if that pans out. Hopefully it does. Um, but let's get into our comic book reviews of the week. We got six here, six random ones. Um, I picked no Marvel or DC uh, this week, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but I'll start off. I'll start off. This is a weird one. It's three weeks real starting off. I kind of like it. Um, so this one's a weird one. I actually found this at the used book outlet at the Boulevard Mall. I know, isn't it creepy? Her the, eyes are staring through me. <laughs> disgusting. Um, and it's called First Amendment Publishing. And He Said, She Said Comics presents. Now, I, I read a book, not in the show before, but it was an O.J. Simpson um, book. And it, they're both sided. They're actually, they're very weird. Um, but an interesting take on stuff. What they tend to do is, it's like, it feels like one of those, like, those trash news like tabloids that you see at like Tops or Wegmans when you're checking out, like you know, like oh so and so had an affair with this bombshell, this and that, and like nine times out of ten it's not true. But um, what they do is they take testimonies from court cases and turn them into comic book stories. Um, so it's really really weird. This one is the Woody Allen story on one side and the Mia Farrow story on the back. And I guess in the early I think it was nineties. Um, there was a, they're both obviously prominent movie or celebrities, and there's a 
it's a child custody case that got really, really weird. But um, I actually kind of like how the comics do it. We'll start with we'll start with the Woody Allen side. So um, right at the top, it says the events depicted herein have been presented in the exact order and manner in which they occurred. Excuse me. Character dialogue is based solely on statements made by the persons involved in the affair. First Amendment publishing attests to the to the veracity and accuracy of the activities portrayed in this comic book. All contents copyright. Blah blah blah. So um, all right. So this is this is Woody Allen's side of this this court case. Uh, Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety two. Woody Allen has been driven home from has driven home from a strange strange girlfriend, Mia Farrow's apartment, where he has cordially exchanged gifts with her, and he opens up a present and. It's horrified. There is a knife through. All right, uh, one of the ch- their children is picture is pierced by a turkey skewer, or no, a, a steak knife, and the other one's a turkey skewer. So this is his side of the story. It's really disturbing. Um, but he's talking about you know this this pretty much break with 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 Mia and you know blaming, you know, saying that she had violent mood swings and she hit him and, and, and stuff like that. And this estrangement from his kids, which he blames on her, um, talks about this abuse to this uh, person named Soon Yi, who was actually the adopted daughter of Mia Farrow. But uh, eventually Woody Allen, who they're still married to this day, um, has like an affair with her while he was dating Mia Farrow. They had like three kids together. Um it's pretty wild, and I can actually get to this one pretty quick. Um, but yeah, there's just all like all these testimonies. It's only a couple pages long. The art style's very simple, Craig. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it just it just highlights clips and quotes of, of that actually happened. Um, you know, this one this side was Woody Allen's case, and he, you know, talking about the trial and showing. You know, showing evidence and stuff. There's there's a lot to it. Um, honestly, you could just Wikipedia the thing. But uh, you know, the the closing statement for this was, I don't think I can ever get my reputation back. This is Woody Allen. I don't think I can ever get my reputation back. But I don't care about that. I care if you tell me that I can see my children and be with them. So they, uh, yeah. There's another like terrifying clip. Like, kind of, it's pretty sad. One of the kids was saying that. Uh, Mommy says I can't love you. Mommy says you're bad, and I have to wipe away your kisses and stuff. This is the the children to Woody Allen. Um, on the flip side, completely reversible is the Mia Farrow portion of it. Um, she finds nude pictures of this uh, Sunyi Previn, the the adopted daughter, in Woody's possession, um, and they show a clip of them, you know, filming stuff together. Because apparently they made twelve films together. Uh, whether it be directing or acting, I'm not completely sure. I think it was directing, but um, I'm not completely sure. And they discuss it. Um, you know, she's trying to get to the bottom of why why everything's going on, and, and she's telling her side of the story about, um, you know, some abuse and, and, and Woody Allen's part and, and something she did that she regretted, which was beating up this uh, her adopted daughter, um, but yeah, like I said, you can Wikipedia it. It's it's pretty much a retelling of the story court case. But you know, reading it was interesting because um, when I did the OJ one, the, I read the OJ part first because obviously that was the big sell of me picking up the book. And I was like, 
okay, I can see this side of the story. And then you flip it and either A, you can see that person's side of the story or B, that person kind of comes out. It's like a psychological thing. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you ever heard, you know, the nine times out of ten that people believe the person, the people who say, um, say what happened first, everyone believes that side of the story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is like a two, two sides of the story kind of thing. I know it sounds kind of confusing. St- standard thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it really depends on which side of the story you, you agree on. But, um, you know, I think Mia Farrow actually ended up getting custody of her children in the, and in the long run of it but uh it was it was weird it was a interesting thing uh, but yeah there's a lot of books to it or a lot of books to the series like i said the oj um one but one of the things i don't know how long this company lasted for one of the things that was kind of shocking were some of the, the like the letters to the editor and the editor was kind of a dick <laughs> he really was like the way he talked to um you know people writing in and stuff like I, I can see why this might not have lasted as long as it did and why we don't see these to this day um, you know editors don't you fear that a product such as this will hurt the true victims in this case the children editor reply so, you know no let's face it since truly public figures are involved this, this case has been and will continue to be reported in every media venue available a comic such as this could not possibly further publicize the plight of the children who are we to agree on the case's true victims and as far as you know, as for Woody and Mia, who cares? You know, just just kind of responses like that. But um, I mean, that doesn't take away from the story. I'll re- I'll review it. Uh, the artwork is a little little crazy, especially the covers. The the they're very big, creepy looking animations, and the, you know, the even the artwork in it is pretty simple. It's like Sunday comics, like half-assed um, <laughs> artwork. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the artwork. A f- I'm going to give it a 5. It's really nothing special by any means. Um, action. Besides a few uh, abusive slaps, there really was none. So I'm going to have to go 0 on that one. Um, story. Story. Uh, I actually I think the story is where this thing excels. Because like I said, it's, it's like two sides of a coin, two different stories. It's like a psychological thing. Um, you can be open-minded about it and believe both sides of the story and believe certain aspects are true, or you can read one story and then think little of the other half of the story. So I'm actually going to give that a 9 plus 9. Um, what's next? Dialogue. Dialogue, lots of dialogue in it. That's pretty much what drove it, and it was pretty strong, and can, some of it convincing too because there was parts where I was like, okay, this sounds similar to you know, Woody Allen's side of the story, but it's a little bit different take. So, it, like, you got to look through that. It's, it's kind of interesting in that respect. I'll give the dialogue a 10. Uh, and rereadability? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like, I don't know. There was a lot to it. And like I said, it... It's such a weird pop culture story, too, because, like, nothing... If that happened in 2018, 2019, Woody Allen would be just... He'd be berated out of the media, but nobody... Nobody talks about like it was hard yeah. for me to look this up like it because I Wikipedia it I was like I'm curious as to what this is about and uh, it wasn't like a major like story it was it was so random um, but rereadability there's a lot to it I like 
because I did jury duty one time, and I, it was kind of cool hearing both sides of the story, and, and you have to put everything together. Uh, but this one kind of answered it for you, you know, saying that Mia won the case, but you can see, I don't know, you can kind of see both sides to it. You know, the OJ one that I read a couple months ago, not on here, but, like, we already know OJ got away with it, but that wasn't in the book, so you can kind of piece together everything. Rereadability, I'm going to give a, a 6 on this. So it's got an average score of 30 out of uh, 50. That's higher than I expected. So it probably yeah. could have been lower. The action obviously uh, hurt its score. But, I mean, it's 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 a cool theme. Yeah. It's a cool idea for a comic book. They're interesting concepts, and I think they picked the best time period to do those. Oh, yeah. 90s were crazy filled with celebrity court cases and really, like, dramatic stuff. Like, I can't imagine some of these the other ones that they would have – Oh, wait, here's Amy Fisher and Joey Buttafuoco. Yep, Long Island Lolita. Yep, so I'm sure there's so many more of these. Was there a Tanya Harding one, I think? Pro- yes, that's the one I saw. Yeah. I saw. I think I saw the Tanya Harding one in there. That's what I saw. So I thought it was Adam Menendez Brothers. Kind of and that's, a, that's, that's like even a hot topic now because the Margot Robbie movie was not too long ago. What, last year it won like an Emmy? Yeah. Or, so. Not an Emmy. Yeah. No, Golden Globe. My bad. So TV. maybe I'll do one of the OJ one one of these days. But um, I mean, if you guys find any of these and they're affordable, uh, hook me up. Hook me up. But yeah, thirty out of fifty is my score for that book. All right, who wants to go next? All right, I'll go next, Greg. Yeah, take that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, um, uh, I'm gonna read a really fun one. Uh, it was. Thank God, brighten up this mood. I'm depressed after that. It's Captain America um, from. Uh, I mean, it, it says 1985, but the official is April 1986, uh, and it's uh, Captain America: Creatures of Love. Ooh! And the issue number. This was when they just kept going from the beginning. So it's issue number 316. So. Yeah. Uh, so we actually start off with Hawkeye and Mockingbird. They're on this little like Ooh. cool like speed scooter type thing here that, that Hawkeye's. <laughs> Rolling around. There's one of those in my book, too. <laughs> yeah, those feet's good or things. It's the same and, thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to drop it on uh, Captain America. And, like, and Mockingbird's like, you sure that's okay? He goes, oh, yeah. He's, he'd like to see his old protege and this and that. So they're dri- they're riding around. And he goes, yeah, I kind of, you know, miss Captain America now that I'm on the, the West Coast. Because this is about the time the West Coast Avengers are becoming a thing. and. Hawkeye's over on the West Coast right now, so they're they're in town visiting. Uh, well, so here he is. He's going to go visit Captain America, right? Well, while this is happening, Steve Rogers is in his apartment with his girlfriend at the time, Bernadette Rosenthal, and she is telling Steve that they're going to have to basically take a break from their relationship because she's going to law school to Wisconsin. <laughs> Oh boy. And she goes, she just has to get away from Steve, get away from everything, this and that. And at this point, Steve's doing the Captain America hotline, and people are, he's just constantly going <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, and stopping crimes and this and that. And basically, she's upset, and he's like, what about our engagement? She goes, I'll always love you, you know, but I need to go do this for myself. This is going to be good for both of us. So while they're having this, like, huge life-changing thing, Hawkeye's like, hey, Steve, he just, he just shows up at his house. Like, I'm like, how does <laughs> He's like, Clint, like he, <laughs> he just shows up and he's like, oh yeah, hey, the, you know, the, this, this is Mockingbird, this and that, whatever. 
And and like Mockingbird even says, like, looks like we interrupted him or something. He goes, No, it's okay. Like <laughs> I love eighties Hawkeye. It's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> it's really and, enjoyable. Yeah, and you know, and then even like Bernadette's like, Yeah, you know, you're fine. Yeah, you weren't interrupting anything at all. So then they do like a double date thing. The guys are talking and the girls are talking and the guys are uh you know, you know. So basically, Hawkeye's there because he's a witness on a trial for like um, somebody they put away or whatever. Yeah. And they were talking about like, hey, what happened to this guy, the armadillo? That you know that we uh, I heard he's pretty good. So the backstory is is that they the Avengers fought a guy by the name of the armadillo, and he was created by Doctor Malice. And Doctor, Ma- so what happened was, you know, apparently. Armadillo's wife was dying of some disease or whatever. I think it was cancer, but it, it, it you know, and the Avengers made Dr. Males cure her or whatever like that. And there is a cure for the Armadillo, but for some reason he decided not to take it, which you're going to find out in this. So, you know, they're kind of talking back and forth. And then, you know, he's just talking about how she's going to law school and this and that. And they're having like a bro moment, you know, giving each other advice and everything. <laughs> uh, and then, so the armadillo shows up here, and, and he's in town in New York City because he is in the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation. Ooh. Yeah, so he is a pro wrestler now, and he's got this entourage and his <laughs> wife next to him, and and uh, and you know, you know, and and yeah, his name's Antonio Rodriguez, the mighty, the mighty armadillo, and like he's going into this hotel and everything, and you know, and. Basically, like, he's like, oh, anything for you, wife. And what you find out is, is that he continues to wrestle to buy her things because he loves his wife, Bonita, so much. Like, right. So he, he continues to wrestle to buy her all this stuff and this and that. What a gentleman. And he basically denies getting a cure to not look like the armadillo. Like, because he can be a regular person again to be able to be this successful person and, and give her a, an amazing life. Because he's got all this money from being a big wrestler. So, they're talking back and forth. She's like, oh, I love you, this and that. She goes, it sucks that you can't go out because you look like this. So, he's not, he can't really go out in the town. So, she goes out in town shopping with him with their assistant, Ramon. Ooh. Ramon's a very dapper-looking fellow. Ramon. So, Ramon goes out with her. We go to the diner. And this 80s Hawkeye's the best, like you said. Oh yeah, 80s oh, yeah. Hawkeye's the best. So they're going to the diner, and the four are thinking of, are they're trying to figure what what they're going to do. Like they're trying to like, hey, what are we going to do coming up, or whatever. And you know, like, uh, so Clint asks about like going to a concert at CBGB's, this and that. And Steve Rogers goes, oh look at this! I was just asking about the armadillo, and he shows in the newspaper there's a wrestling ad, the awesome armadillo versus Doc. Sawbones, the junkyard search. <laughs> also, what I love is, is there's a undercard with the ramrod versus kid stuff. <laughs> I want to come out to the ring as all of those. <laughs> yeah, I know that's so good. You should. You should. Um. So, <laughs> I, and by the way, I don't read these books before I pick them. Like I like to be surprised. Yeah. The oh, fact yeah. that this was a wrestling book. Did like, you announce someone as kid stuff next show? <laughs> Oh yeah, sir. Cockington is kid stuff. That's <laughs> not okay. No, so, it's not. <laughs> so Bernadette and Bernadette and Steve Rogers were talking, and Clint goes, "Wrestling? That sounds like a great date. Uh, we should do that." And Mockingbird says, "New York, the cultural capital of the world." And what does my hubby take me to? The opera. 
the Museum of Modern Art, a Broadway show, nope, a wrestling match. <laughs> all three of oh. us. That's all three of us. <laughs> I know. This, yeah. This poor. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So, so uh, you know, Bernadette and Steve, they're kind of having a moment, and he goes, you know, uh, and he, Steve's saying, I'm really ho- glad that you showed my, you know, friends a good time. And she goes, I hope you don't feel like I'm rejecting you, Steve, you know. This is going to be positive for both of us, this and that. So it's like she kind of wants a long-distance relationship, right? So we fast-forward to the next night, and we're at the Madison Square Garden. Name dropped. It's it pretty cool. And this is the first time that the uh, Unlimited uh, Wrestling or the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation was there. So Vince must be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> They're running his town. What year is this? 1985. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Eighty-five, eighty-six. That's the height of Hulkamania. Oh yeah, so it's like it's armadillo. Man, You're running yeah. my town. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they must have been paying pretty good. <laughs> Pizza and water. I, I, oh my god. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> so we go to the matches, and uh, so. What I don't understand is that Armadillo's wrestling Doc Sawbones has apparently gotten a black mask, but then there's just a random dude that doesn't look like a referee in the ring, and they don't acknowledge him at all. Um, and like there's there's these great like chants like "Boo Sawbones, Sawbones stinks, get him, go to a monster man." Like Armadillo's a babyface, he's over. Oh yeah. And uh, and even Steve says, "Oh, the, the people love this combat." And you see like Bernadette's getting into it, and 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 and. and Hawkeye's really into it, and even like you know, Mockingbird starts to you know she starts to uh, come to her senses and start to like it. And then Armadillo wins, and you know Steve goes, you know what? I'm gonna go see Armadillo, my old buddy, and this and that, whatever. So he gets into his Captain America suit just so Armadillo doesn't know his identity. He goes in, and you know the the the, the security guard tries to stop him. Captain America's in his Captain America, so he goes, "Who are you? Can't go in there." He goes, "I'm Captain America." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's some top match writing there right there. Captain. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a oh, Armadillo. Yeah, can't miss it here, you know. So, so Captain America goes into the wrong locker room because the guard gives him the wrong directions, and it's Ramon and Armadillo's wife making out. <gasps> oh no! Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. So. Captain America doesn't know that's Armadillo's wife, though. He doesn't know for sure. Like he's just like, oh, he just okay. He comes back in. Um, Armadillo's there, and he's he's so ugly too. He's just sitting there like smoking a cigarette, <laughs> and he goes in. And he's oh, how's it going, Cap? And they're having a nice little friendly banter. And he goes, hey, I heard your wife was cured. He goes, yeah, the Avengers made Doctor Mills do do it as promised. And then uh, um, she comes in. And he goes, oh, this is my wife. This and that, whatever. And Captain America realizes, oh, that is the. That is the woman that was making out Ramon, but he kind of keeps this to himself. So later, in, uh, half hour later in the Greenwich Village, um, the four are back out having dinner again. They, how much money do they have? They go to dinner like three times. <laughs> that wrestling place must to be. They they well, they went over near the Hudson River. Uh, they they uh, the the, the yeah, this is the Captain America Hawkeye double date show, oh, and yeah. then they did they went to the diner, and then now they're at a dinner, uh, an outside dinner in the village. So, jeez, those are some good dates. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and they're talking about it, and Steve's like, "Should I have told him? Like, I've seen this, and they go, oh, it's none of, you know, you really shouldn't get involved with that, this and that.' Like, even Bird of Death says, "You're a crime fighter, not a marriage counselor." So, 
Have you guys ever seen cheesy 80s montages of, like, putting houses together and everything? Oh, like yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> so, Bernadette's, now we're in the next day, and Bernadette's, like, she's getting ready to move to law school, this and that. And just, the panel, I know the people at home can't see it, but the panel just looks like, just a, <laughs> it's like, incredible. the cheesiest 80s, like, put it together. The house. There's just a giant music <laughs> note. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Oh. And then they hear on the radio while they're putting, you know, packing for Bernadette. They hear on the radio that a the 44th Street is in a currently a state of panic because there is a creature on the loose. So Steve goes, "Oh, we got to go see down here what's going on." Don't tell Clint. Steve goes down, you know, and caps down there, and it's Armadillo just throwing cars all over the place, and he's angry. <coughs> he's in a bad mood. Thanks. And. You know, uh, there's cops are trying to stop, and Armadillo's just tossing cops, and he's not trying to kill anybody, but he's really obviously angry about something. The uh, there's SWAT teams out there. He's just you know knocking off bombs left and right, and Cap shows up, and so now he goes back a little fourth with Armadillo here, and he's like, Armadillo, what happened here? You're a good guy. This isn't you, whatever. And you know, he's like, leave me, everybody, leave me alone, um, and. You know, he, he, he says, a, you know, he says a line here. He goes, you know, he goes, hey, you know, you're actually a good person. This and that. And he goes, no, I'm a hideous monstrosity, not deserving of love. I'm a pathetic fool, a born loser, a useless pile of dot, dot, dot. So he goes, did something happen to you and your wife, Armadillo? He goes, yes, and I don't want to talk about it. I just want to lash out, dull the pain inside me. So he starts fighting Cap, and Cap's like, come on, you're better than this, whatever. And what he's trying to do is, is he's trying to make his way up to the Empire State Building. So he climbs up to the Empire State Building, and Cap's trying to get him off with the shield and everything. Cap jumps on him, and then Hawkeye shows up with his little scooter. Um, and Hawkeye starts, and he's like, no, because... What Steve's trying to do is trying to talk him down. Right. Like, you know, and, and Cap, uh, Hawkeye just makes it worse, like, trying to actually, like, hit him with arrows and everything. And, like, even at the, there's a point where, where uh, you know, Steve just kind of just, you know, just kind of, like, swats him off a little bit. But then Armadillo jumps off the building. Steve gets onto the scooter w- with Hawkeye, and he goes down. He's like, Hawkeye and ambulance. Armadillo's in the middle of the street. And... He says, I blew it, Captain. I can't even commit suicide. So what he was trying oh. to do was kill himself. So That's depressing. Yeah, he doesn't do that. And, you know, Cap, you know, and, and Hawkeye says, what was that all about? Cap goes, love. And you can see they're trying to, you know, help out Armadillo to get him out of that hole and this and that. Well, that's two depressing books in a row. What the heck, guys? <laughs> it, it had some good moments, it, No, it did. It did have some He doesn't die. Sad. He doesn't die. But he's sad. Yeah, he is sad. Um, but it doesn't die. What a uh, day. What, <laughs> what a day. This was a very interesting book, though. I it's super random. I want... A 1985 Captain America Villain of the Week book. You don't expect it to be this... <sighs> like, this had storylines about love, professional wrestling, bromance, friendship, like... I want Ultimate Class Wrestling, the comic book. And I want, like, it to be... I wonder if that's where Spidey wrestled. Blob and Juggernaut fighting... Armadillo, that's interesting. That's and then interesting. The new, the new mega powers appear, which is Armadillo and Glob Herman. Oh, good. <laughs> Glob, Glob Herman would be over with the internet. Oh, fans. yeah. He's all in. <laughs> He's all in. Um, so, uh, like I said, really fun book. Uh, we'll start with the artwork. Uh, 80s artwork, uh, you know, kind of not much 
you know, from the 60s. Fun, lots of bright colors. Um, kind of cheesy in the aspect of it's kind of that Sunday morning cartoon kind of, you know. Um, I'll give it a seven. Seven, okay. Um, action. Uh, there was the the fight with Armadillo, but nothing crazy. Like, there was a little wrestling action and stuff like that. Uh, but it was a lot of, like, you know, storytelling. So I'll give that, I'll give the action a six. Okay. Storytelling. Right? Storytelling before that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Storytelling. Really cool story. You really get to know about what's going on with Cap and his girlfriend at the time. This Armadillo story is really interesting. You didn't really have to read the previous books. It gives you a little info. I'm going to give that a 10. That was really cool. Dialogue, once again, really good back and forth with, with Cap and uh, Armadillo. Hawkeye, just stealing the moment. Yeah. Mockingbird was really awesome in yeah. this, too. i got to give that a 10. Okay. And as far as re-reliability, if I wasn't a wrestling fan, Probably wouldn't go. Oh, I got to pick this up. But being a wrestling fan, and all my wrestling fr- fan friends should pick this book up, just because yeah. it's a fun little nod uh, to wrestling and this and that. So, uh, I mean, I'm gonna give that a ten. Cool. Forty three out of fifty. You've been you've been nicer lately. So listen to this. Um, I looked it up. It's Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation. That's what it's called. Okay. So it has its own Wikipedia page. Just, just talk about it. It's yeah. It's just it's just an association for professional wrestlers who possess superhuman strength, endurance, and resistance to injury. And the employees they have listed are uh, Armadillo, Vance Astrovic, Blacksmith, uh, Cataphracts, Demolition Man, Icarus, Jersey Devil, Little John, She-Thing, and Thing. That's awesome. So there's definitely so Spidey wrestle for another territory. There's a couple other ones, too. Gator, Iceberg, Ice Pick, um... Sawbones, I seen you mentioned him. You got a couple teams. I want to find the thing, the thing comic book where he wrestles. Well, he did just in in uh, issue six fifty. He wrestled in it. There's like an awesome um, panel of him like dropping the elbow. <laughs> that would be awesome. Here's a, here's a faction called Power Tools. Um, buzzsaw, drill, handsaw, jackhammer, pickaxe, trip hammer, and vice. <laughs> Jack Hammer is currently a member of Hydra and a former member of Doctor Octopus's Masters of Evil. So there's a lot. There's this is this runs deeper than just that book. This I, has made numerous appearances. I want that to be a full comic book run. I love that idea. I think I I would legit think it would like do well. I, I you know wrestling comic books are kind of a thing now. Yeah, um, we've seen the the uh, they WWE's put out like the Attitude Era books and stuff like that. And then you've and got Headlocked, Headlocked, and then. The Jim Cornette stories of wrestling is coming yep. out on from IDW. And what it is is it's Jim Cornette telling like legendary wrestling stories. So the Flair plane crash and oh, stuff nice. like that. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, 40, uh, 43 out of fifty for that book. Greg, you are up. That's me. I did Guardians of the Galaxy nineteen ninety one. It is from November eighteen. Yeah, November nineteen ninety one. It is Guardians of the Galaxy punished. Um, it starts with explaining that for the first time in four years, the Guardians um, have returned to Manhattan. It is the year 3018. And this, you just see this guy like fling a claw at this other guy, like with a sniper rifle wearing a Punisher outfit. Um, And it's talking about how these like gangs started forming and devastated, um, 
what's sort of devastated Manhattan. Um, there's like an addictive narcotic that caused the youths to like their minds to be warped more through TV. So the addictive narcotic was delivered through TV and it caused the youth's minds to be warped and become violent. Hmm. Mm, I wonder what you're trying to say, <laughs> 1990s Marvel comic book. Uh, <laughs> but so basically these different gangs um, follow different people and there is an army of Frank Castle devotees who watch docu-chips about um, about Punisher and actually it was – Narrated by Major Vance Astro, um, who you just mentioned. I did. And these are – the Punishers are now a gang, and it's a group of people all dressed like Frank Castle. That's pretty awesome. Um, And to show up as the Punishers appear, the Guardians of the Galaxy appear with the Commandeers. Um, So it is – the current Guardians of the Galaxy team at this point is Charlie 27, Nikki – Major Vance Astro, and Yondu. Um, A very different Yondu than the comic books. And then on the other end, you have the Commandeers who Taryn, Bell, Crazy Nate, Old Red, Gabriella, and Hollywood, who is the important one, um, actually, I think so later. Uh, It starts immediately. One of the Punishers actually shoots Vance Astro straight in the head. um, And all of the Guardians start firing back. And there's this big shootout between the Guardians and the Punishers. Vance Astro's suit is pierced, but he's not dead. And they again, it's just a crazy shootout, and they're all like talking uh, about what's going on and trying to get him to safety. Um, and they talk about how his suit's made out of adamantium. There's no way they should have been able to get through it, but it's because Dargonite was invented um, a couple years before. Charlie um, commands Hollywood to go deliver Vance Astro. Um, not deliver him, but take him and get him, get him to uh, a healing bay, get him taken care of. Um, and Hollywood says, "You know, I hate Vance Astro. Why would you let me do that?" He's like, "You have a duty. Do it now." And he runs off. And they ask, "Like, what's his issue with Vance Astro?" And he says, "It's it actually um, is from the past and goes all the way to Shield, and that's where the issue is." Hmm. Uh, and actually, if you look into it at all, Hollywood is Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. So he's actually – this is a future version of Wonder Man that had a falling out with uh, Vance Astro at, during S.H.I.E.L.D. time. Oh, interesting. So that's why he's got an issue there. It's kind of cool. It's a, it cool. It, you can definitely see it once you look at him, but he doesn't look anything like him uh, at first glance. And then you look at the glasses and how he's dressed. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, it goes back to the Punisher's talking about how they should run. And they're like, no, we're going to f- stand and fight. We're going to take these guys out. Um, and the main Punisher is like, but I want the creep who, is, uh, who shot a claw at me. Um, I'm going to find him. It goes, uh, Charlie is like flirting with Belle. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to, um, I'll show you what I can do. And he shoots down the whole building with one giant grenade launcher. <laughs> he just like blows up the whole Punisher building. Um, it goes to who who must be the Punisher leader. He's actually got his face painted as a skull, and he decides to dispatch every single troop onto the city. Um, they're going to end the Commandeers and the Guardians of the Galaxy once and for all. Cuts over real quick to um, another character. It's, I believe, um, Korg and one other character, and then it literally cuts right back away from them after you see a character jumping at them, and then it's done. Korg um, rules. Korg rules. <laughs> 
piss off ghost. <laughs> and cuts over. Uh, Yandu is standing on the building um, with the other team that he ac- they actually split up to flank the Punishers. And the partner Yandu is with gets shot in the head by one of the Punishers. And he turns and like loses his cool and just like cuts off one of the Punishers' head and goes crazy. And he's actually his one hand is an axe. He doesn't have a hand there. He's just got like a hook with an axe attached to it. Um, and the guy's like saying like, I thought he was the calm, cool, collected one. I've never seen like anger like this. Like he's, he's the godly one, but he's so brutal and, and ferocious. That he just starts tearing the punishers apart. Um, there's one of those awesome little scooters and Nikki jumps on it and kicks one of the punishers off of it and actually takes it for herself. There's this like seven page long ad for Blades of Steel and the Wild Agents of Marvel subscription. Um, meanwhile, the that Catman hops in and reveals that it's Talon. Uh, and Talon is there to get help to take down the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Punishers. Um, mainly he's looking for Vance Astro, who actually is carrying um, a silver and black version of, uh, of Captain America's shield. Oh, that's cool. And this guy agrees. I, he he's gonna come immediately um, to stop Vance. You'll love that ad. Oh, I'm all about that. It's a really cool. I might just rip it out of your comic. No, I'm just like kidding. Wolverine, Iceman, Cyclops, and Banshee. It's got everybody. Oh my god, um, that's so cool. Cuts over back. Charlie twenty seven captured one of the Punishers, and he's just beating him down. Um, and it. They're just still all fighting back and forth. Um, a giant tank shows up with a Punisher skull on it and like a million guns. Um, and it's the the ultimate Punisher. They all start fighting. Charlie shoots at it and it just nothing happens to it. Um, and they just keep going back and forth. You see um, Wonder Man asking why uh, that Vance Astro still carries Captain America's shield into battle. He never worked with Cap, never even met him as far as he knew. So um, he he's gonna, but he's gonna keep him alive and, and just it's confused as to what's going on. And then all of a sudden, um, Wonder Man turns around or Hollywood, and I forget how to pronounce his name. Krugar, the current Sorcerer Supreme, who's this like giant fish snake. He was actually in. The Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes. That original team. Oh, yeah. So Krugar is there. Most of them are Charlie 27. Yeah. Like most, I just don't think they did Vance Astro. Though. They didn't do Vance or Nikki. Yeah. Um, but Krugar is there, and he's. I've come to save Vance Astro's life, um, but uh, he's says, I'm not neither. you're not human. He says, neither am I. Um, and then it cuts over, and the... Guardians of the Galaxy actually took down the tank, but now Talon is there to take them down, um, and that is where it ends. It's a, there's a lot going on in this book. It sounds like quite a bit. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's so much going on in this book, but it was really good. I will hop right into it. Art. It is definitely 80s artwork. Um, it is like I know it's 91, but it's still definitely like very 80s right but there's just some very vivid like super detailed drawings in here that i really liked um just just some great panels i'm gonna give the art an eight okay action holy the comic 
this whole comic is basically action and dialogue, like all together at the same time. Um, action also be an eight. Very good. Let's go story. The story is hard to follow. I'm not totally sure what's going on. Um, I don't think there really is a story. There's a little bit with with Hollywood. For the most part, it's just the commandeers are shoot, having a shootout with the Punishers, and that's really all that's going on. I think it's mainly there to set up whatever happening with Talon and Krugar. Uh, and there's this literally this really quick like thing over to Marty and Kurt Korg flying the Captain America or USS Captain America two through orbit, and then it cuts right away from them. Uh, I'm only I'm gonna give this story a five. It, it was just a little hard to follow. Okay. Um, dialogue. There was a lot of dialogue. Some of it was great. Some of it was a little unnecessary. Um, I'm going to give the dialogue a six. Very good. As far as um, rereadability, this is cool. It was cool, one, just because of the Punishers. Like, the, the, the cover draws you in. There's just an army of Punishers uh, on the front cover, and I, I really liked it. Um, so it's cool to see that different take on the Punishers. It is cool to see also an older version of the Guardians of the Galaxy because we're so used to the cinematic version. So it's cool to see something different. Um, I'm going to give the reread ability a six. I would I would reread this, um, not like in a heartbeat, but I would definitely reread this because it's different. Okay. So gets a score of 33 out of 50. Cool. So very, very good. Um, all right, we're going to go into the new stuff real quick. But first, let us take a quick Selfie. commercial break. Be right back with you. Are you sick and tired of all the politic and drama in your sports talk as of late? I most certainly am. My name is Matt Johnson, host of the Two Point Conversation podcast and your home of politic-free penalty-free, no BS football talk every Wednesday right here on the BICBP radio network. Check us out. All right, we're back. That's going to be the first of our network shows are going to start including commercials. And, uh, yeah, that one was for my football one, the two-point conversation. You can check that out every Wednesday right here on the BICBP radio network. Um, All right, we're going to get into the new stuff right now. Gasp. Uh, starting with Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I know I said we wanted to do new stuff coming up, but this is just going to be a taste of it. Gallo did Tomb Raider last week. So Sonic the Hedgehog I, from IDW, issue number 11. Um, Got to start off by saying, I had a Sonic the Hedgehog comic book when I was younger, probably about 10, 15 years ago. And it was actually a really, really enjoyable book to read. Um, and there's been a lot of Sonic comics out since then uh, I'm not too familiar with all of the different characters my knowledge doesn't really go much past Sonic, Tails, Knuckles and uh, Dr. Robotnik who um, is only typically referred to as Eggman but um, I followed along, along as best as I could uh, so it starts off there is a uh, attack from this giant um dragging looking thing and it happens to be uh mecha sonic which uh i'm vi- I, i'm actually familiar with mecha sonic uh, i think he was the boss in sonic the hedgehog three i want to say three it's either two or three was he created by robotnik he was yeah. yep he was um but they show all the roll call the different characters like yeah sonic tails amy knuckles shadow the hedgehog i do know him 
Tangle the Lemur, <laughs> Rouge the Bat, um, Blaze the Cat, Espio the Chameleon, Vector the Crocodile, Charmy Bee, Whisper the Wolf, Silver the Hedgehog, and Neo Metal Sonic. There's just too many. It's not like Nintendo where like every character like stands out, stands out. These are just I don't know. But these are all these are all uh, video game based characters. So um, all good there, Greg. <laughs> So it starts off with Angel Island, which is this giant floating island, and it's actually crashing down because it hurts inside. Um, and uh, it actually, it the reason it flies is because of the Master Emerald, which, you know, if you're into Sonic lore, the video games, the Chaos Emeralds are the, you know, the big, the big objects, the major objects that everyone tries to, you know, keep. But the Master Emerald is missing. And it happens to be in possession of Mecha Sonic, this, who's, you know, this flying dragon thing. And uh, at this point, it's it's kind of cool. You see all of them fighting to uh, get the Master Emerald back. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just neat to see Sonic and Knuckles teaming up. Because from my memory of the characters, you know, they didn't get along. But there were some crossover games. I remember the commercial that they were like crossing over, and like all the Sonics. Yeah, there was a. I remember the Sonic and Knuckles um, game. It was there was a straight up one, and there was actually a cartridge that you can add on to Sonic Three, where you can play as Knuckles, which I always thought was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, they're all teaming up to fight them, and in the meantime, they're flashing back to uh, Eggman, aka Doctor Doctor Robotnik, who apparently has reformed he's uh he's he just calls himself mr tinker (laughs) and all he does is like handyman stuff like he's completely like revamped but he's been captured by these two um two characters and this other person this dr starline who uh, is a big fan of robotnik's work and is trying to turn him evil again through some kind of brainwashing uh technique but um i mean there's a lot of fighting in here there's a lot of cool little stuff and knuckles eventually gets the master emerald ripped out from the center of uh mecha sonic and places it back in the float angel island and it's it's not crashing down anymore but um i mean it's yeah it's it's real quick the ending you know the that dr Starline, he's talking trying to get seen if Dr. Eggman's okay, because I would imagine that Eggman is back to his old ways again. That's a big shocker. And the, the closing panel's really cool. It's it's Mecha Sonic looking just as evil as possibly can. It, it's it's actually a really nice piece of artwork. I'm very happy with the art in this book. Um, and then, at the, you know, that's pretty much the end of the story. There's some cool little stuff towards the end. Like, they... they uh, a bunch of kids like drew their iterations of Sonic, and they like they put their artwork and like it's you could definitely tell it's drawn by young kids, but I think it's pretty cool that they they did that for them. But let's get into the review. Like I said, super quick book, um, a lot of fighting to it though. But for the artwork, I really liked it. Um, it looked old, but felt new. If you catch my vibe, um, the coloring. I don't know. Like I, like, I feel like I'm looking at old school. It straight up I, looks like a WB Kids cartoon. Yes. I think Sonic was ahead of its time, too, with the like use that. of colors and stuff yeah. like that. Like It's very, like, it's, like, vibrant. I, I don't know. It, like, pops. The, the, 
the artwork and the, the colors pop. And it's really cool. Every character is very well-defined um, art-wise and stuff. And I don't know. It was, it was pretty cool. I'm going to give the artwork a... I'm going to give it a 9. Let me punch in the old calculator here. I'm going to give the artwork a 9. The action uh, was really cool. You know, uh, obviously, you know, Sonic is the, the fastest uh, video game character of all time. Allegedly. Uh, self-proclaimed. Uh, <laughs> and it was just cool to see, like, this co-op thing with a bunch of characters that I never heard of. Tails, you know. Well, Tails. you know. Tails rules. Tails rules. He, I used to love playing as him, just as him in Sonic 3, because there was a bunch of secret areas that you couldn't get to with Sonic. Tails has a Luigi effect where he had, he has an audience that people, you know, think he was overlooked. He could fly with his butt. Tails I, wasn't the Marty, <laughs> he wasn't the Marty Jannetty. I think he was more. Oh, yeah. I, I could see that. I could see that point. I like that. Um, I, yeah, I do like a, like have a soft spot for Tails, you know, because he was always kind of played second fiddle in the games, but there was this you know, wanting of more for him. You know what I mean? Like like when Robin became Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more of that. Cool to see Knuckles, who was one of my favorite characters. Um, and Whatever, but action, action. Um, it was really good stuff, really good stuff. I'm going to give that a nine as well. Uh, story? There was very minimal story, actually. Like the main, the whole time they were fighting to get the Master Emerald back onto the island. So it was more action than... Then story, you know, there's a little bit with Robotnik slash Eggman. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was uh, not not a whole lot of story. I'm going to give the story a six. Dialogue. Uh, some cool stuff, you know, that did reflective of the different characters' personalities. And, yeah, I felt, I felt like I was reading different characters. Sometimes dialogue seems so flat. Um that all the characters just sound the same, but in this one, they did a pretty good job of spreading it out. I'm going to give that a 7. And the rereadability, it was fun. Uh, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog is definitely not what it used to be in pop culture, but it's still cool to see it, still cool to read it, that, you know, that there's something new. This is a new book that came out in December. So it's... I would definitely reread it. I would continue reading on. It's 11th issue, so I'm sure there's, obviously there's a bunch before it, and there's a bunch coming on. So uh, I'm going to give that a 7, so bringing it a third score of 38 out of 50 for Sonic the Hedgehog number 11. All right, who's next? All right, that would be me. All right. <laughs> the second week you've read a book that I've been, like, dying to read and didn't get a chance to read it. Yeah, I've been all about reading these... Uh... Well, actually, the last one was Marvel. Last week was Marvel yeah. book, but I'm really I've, my DC uh, horizons have really broadened, and I found this one pretty interesting because DC isn't a lot of heavy runs right yeah. now. But this was the number one issue of a twelve uh, issue maxi series, which I was excited. It was called Freedom Fighters. Okay, so pr- pretty pumped about this here. And it starts off. Uh, by the way, there's an uh, there's an ad for like my one of my new favorite shows on TV. Adam ruins everything. I <laughs> it is a great show. Oh, it's awesome. Um, but you know, we go to it. It's 1963, and you see that like somebody uh, was like putting some graffiti on top of uh, an ad. Because what we are is we're on Earth X, and the Nazis won the war. Interesting. So, so yeah, there's basically this American resistance movement or whatever. So um, 
people put like all these like they tried to put like a uh, an Uncle Sam thing on top of Hitler and like this Nazi guy's like, oh, I'm gonna stop whoever did this. These bastards, blah blah, whatever. So uh, then we go to um, the Texas School Book Depository, and it's like the secret meeting spot. And there's these like American like um, you know like underground like you know rebels. And uh, they they're calling the Nazis in this Ratsies or Ratsies like I don't know how they how they want to pronounce it here, um, but so you know they're you know these couple of these guys they're in this like you know this fort this underground forest they get a knock on the door, and and they ask for the secret code it's like give me liberty or give me death and it's the Freedom Fighters and they consist of Jesse Owens. As a superhero, which was freaking sweet. That is really cool. The Black Condor, Bomberman, or Bombman, I'm sorry, and the Human Doll. Dollman, I'm sorry, Dollman. Um, and, you know, they're all talking and everything. And That's super cool that it's not like, hey, here's a bunch of known superheroes. Like, No, it's, yeah, it's, and they mentioned too that, uh, well, first off, too, like they kind of, it's kind of like a meeting, and they have like they pledge allegiance to the flag, and the artwork is very, very um, Walking Deadish, yeah, yes. like preacherish, like that's the, 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 that looks like an image. Who's comic, the artist? Yes, like a, as I was going to say, um, the artist is um, well, Robert Venditti is the writer, the inker Eber Ferrer, and the colorist was Adriana Lucas. Okay, so. So yeah, I mean, but yes, very, very, very image comicish. Um, so Jesse Owens is kind of giving a speech, and they're having a plan here because they're going to try to, you know, take down some Nazi forces, uh, you know, uh, and which is pretty cool. Them going out there planning. Well, while they're planning this, out come these Nazi plastic men, and they speak in like really weird, like like language. Uh, um, they're like, ah, oh, then we should make sure you are stopped, Jop. And they mean to say like Joe and, you know, now, so with the, the plastic men are all fighting the freedom fighters. Oh, they also mentioned too, that, that fan lady phantom and the Ray have died too. Okay. Um, you I know, was wondering be, where be, the Ray was. Be, before the plastic men show up. So the plastic men, and, and they look scary, almost vampire-ish. And they're like attacking the freedom fighters. And they're really just trying to get out of this, and and like yeah, like I said, they 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 have these weird like they're just so weird looking, and they have these weird like accents with like nine. The resistance is over. We have captured the final freedom. Oh, and your leader Jesse Owens, you may all die with dignity, Jap. Tell us where is Uncle Sam? And they're saying Uncle like O N K E L. So they're basically torturing. All these people, and and so then we go out to a vision, and, and there it's outside, and there's Uncle Sam, and he's actually a legit hero. Uh, Uncle Sam's out there, and he's watching the TV, and it says, you know, um, that they are going to plan executions for Black Condor, the Human Bomb, and Doll Man, and Jesse Owens is going to be because he's the Third Reich's most wanted enemy. He's going to be given life in prison in a hard labor facility. So, out come the plastic men. Now they're attacking Uncle Sam. They're trying to get. They're trying to get rid of him. And right when they corner him, he disappears. And he says a great line. He goes, "Old soldiers never die, you son of a bitch. They just fade away." 
Ooh. in that American, you know, and there's anything he says, uh, you know, you know, I stand for just like, you, you know, you, you want one last piece of apple pie. He says as a comment too, when he's fighting them, he, he is pretty sweet. Um, so now 55 years later we have, and the Nazis are still running in. There's these kids playing baseball and these Nazi guys basically bad mouth these kids for having, uh, playing baseball. Cause that's America's pastime. So, we we hear in these Nazi soldiers, they're kind of, because what they is, they declared it a national holiday when they executed the freedom fighters. So, they're like, oh, this is the 55th anniversary, this and that. Oh, you know, the great, the um, the great Fuhrer, Hitler, and, and now Hitler's son's in charge. Um, and so, outside, the kids see this bomb thrown into the, like, the museum that, that you know, that shows the holiday, and it's, the human bomb. And they're like, and he said he was the last executioner alive in the Red Friday Massacre. So it's, so it's cool. They're doing like, um, what is it? I want to say it was the George Clooney movie where they were like trying to kill all the Nazi executioners, but I think that may have been a different, well, Glorious Bastards. Yeah, but also X-Men was like that too. Yeah. You know, um, where, what was that? What was that Magneto event was called? Like, the the Red Friday Massacre, so 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 uh you know, and they're like human bomb, but like you know, how are you alive? And, and he goes, they have died. We're the new freedom fighters, and it's the human bomb, a new blank condor, uh the the um human or doll woman now, and who was the other girl? They only have Good Friday Massacre, and that's a hockey playoff thing. That, that's that, that's really weird. Um, that is weird. Trying to see where they mention the lady's name. Uh, so does Doll Woman? Yeah, because they, they they mention Doll Woman. They mention um, the Black Condor, Human Bomb. They don't mention they don't mention her name actually. Okay. Um, but she's also a freedom fighter as well. And then out come this giant Nazi robot extermination in progress, and it says. Next, the Iron Police. That looks like Cyborg. Yeah, it's really crazy. I don't think it is Cyborg. Oh, no, Cyborg. Steel. It's steel. steel. Yeah, it looks like it yes. could be Steel. Um, really cool. Like, yeah, like you said, Deep Cut Heroes. Um, no Ray, and he's like the most known freedom fighter. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I know like the uh, Arrowverse just did their little oh. Earth X stuff. But this was really cool, and I think the artwork fit the theme. Perfect. Yeah. And this was a really good book from DC. Definitely it's image or vertigo uh, influence. DC's short runs right now, I've said this before, like Heroes in Crisis, they're doing the Drowned Earth. Drowned Earth was really like, good. They're, they're separate stories. Their multiverse stories are their best stories. They really are. Anything in the multiverse, their short like 12 issue runs, 6 issue runs are their best things. Batman Who Laughs was incredible too. Their short runs, Dark Knight's Metal, like that's what they kill it with. By the way, there was a Justice League run in here, and I know I'm I'm going off no justice off topic here. Yeah, with Batman, uh, Lex Luthor, yep, Deathstroke, and it's uh, all sorts. So every that hero, sounds really sweet. It's every hero and villain get together to fight the um, that the Earth with like Owlman and and Ultraman and all them. Oh, okay, they they return and Power Ring, and they actually start trying to take down 
Earth One, and all the heroes and villains form a giant Justice League together to take them down. Yeah, I just found that like that, I haven't read it. I know a lot about it though. Cause I, it's yeah, here no justice. Yeah, it was really cool. You got Beast Boy, Deathstroke, Lobo, Lex Luthor, and Batman on yeah. the same cover. I thought that was really cool. Oh, that book um, is awesome for that. So we'll go to reviewing real quick. I'm really loving DC lately. Uh, we'll go to reviewing real quick. First off, uh, the uh, artwork. I love this. Yeah, I loved this. I'm gonna give that a ten. This art, like, look at how cool the plastic men looked. That's really neat. I loved it. I'll give that a ten. The right. action, there was, I mean, the, the, there was the, the the plastic men basically fighting them and really winning the battle, and then there was a little bit at the end with the uh, human bomb and those guys showing up. Um, I'll give it a seven. Sure. Not a full book of action. Okay. Um. Storytelling, really cool story. Uh, I gotta give that a ten. Very nice dialogue. I think they were a little cheesy with the plastic men, like some of the Nazi stuff. With and they came calling ratsies and this and that. Other than that, was really good. Um, I'll give that an eight. Okay. And rereadability, yeah, I want to pick up issue two. It's only I- a twelve issue run. It looks cool. I'm a huge sports history nerd. So Jesse Owens, like, I hope we get flashbacks That's to a that cool, Freedom Fighters. Yeah. That was really cool. So, so I did a quick uh, Google search when you mentioned that. You know how there was a Muhammad Ali Superman book? Yes. Jesse Owens Flash. It exists. That's awesome. <laughs> and he did, like, Wait, see, did they come he's out, a fixture say? No, I didn't. in the oh, DC. He's damn. a fixture in the DC universe, man. Uh, so uh, I'll give that a 10. 45 out of 50. Really cool book. Yeah, That's we're going to awesome. end up talking about those a lot because I'm going to be picking those up too, I think. Sweet. All right. Greg, take us home, brother. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up an image book. I had a real tough time. I had Champions in my hand this week. I had the new Daredevil run in my hand this week. But this book just really intrigued me, and I wanted to do something uh, a little different. So this is called Self Made. It is an image book. It is a number one. It starts with, and you just like it. You see it first army. It's a totally a fantasy book. Um, there's a guy riding like this horse with like crazy horns and a dark army. He's clearly a villain. And on the other side, there's these heroes, um, all talking about um, this is the war we've been waiting for. Our predecessors changed, trained for it. Their predecessors, but today, like this is we're here um, and we're ready to fight and. We're going to charge them head on. And there's this woman, her name is Amala, saying, like, no, we should be using jungle tactics. Or we're just going to be slaughtered. Um, and this guy says, like, Amala, speak up. She goes, I can't. This isn't my place. He goes, please, before, um, say something before it's too late. And it cuts over and everyone is dead. And Amala is standing by herself. Um, she's she's gotten away and you can tell she's on, like, the other side of the wall. And this this guy walks up to her. And says, oh, you're the only one to survive. Remarkable. That never happens. And that's really important. He says, that that never happens, and it's in bold. Um, he goes, who are you? He goes, lower your weapon. I'm Prince Bryce Mayer. Uh, basically, like, this, this is my chief firemancer. Um, we want to stop Taranak, who is the main villain. Um, he's already arrived, and clearly your people didn't do your only job. Um, and the woman raises the, the sword to his throat and says, watch your tongue. Um, goes back and forth, and you kind of cut back, and you see like the armies of Taranak wiping everyone out. And Taranak has these like crazy tendrils of energy that come out, and like 
He's just killing everybody. Um, and the soldier says, well, it's it's my destiny to slay Taranak. Like, so I'll stop him and avenge your people. Um, and she asks to take him for her to him to take her with her because she knows the lands. Um, so they're traveling together and they're going to the Skrellians to request that they get to use their dragon. Um, traveling out by air would be the best. And they kind of get back and go back and forth. And um, she says, like, the guy's talking about how this will be fun and all this different stuff. And talking about the contradiction, which is the power that this Taranak guy is wielding. Um, and also talks about his friend Tomlin's throat's been slit and he can no longer speak. Um he she says like you should do basically like you should follow this specific plan to get the dragon from them like i know their customs he says we don't have time for that like this is um we're just going right in and uh we're gonna do this like i'm i've saved people on countless occasions we're gonna do this my way Um, she actually says this isn't a game mishandling this will be fatal that's important um so it cuts over, and the guy just kind of says, like, he just comes in and demands that they give him the dragon. Um, they say no, and he says, fine, my steel, will, my steel will convince you. And all three of them lay there dead. And then there's this little, like, bl- rewind blip, and it goes back to him saying, fine, I'll follow your lead to the girl as she's explaining the customs. Um, and they go back in, and she takes the lead this time and actually gets permission to ride the dragon so they ride the dragon into this cave and they get into the fight with uh, Taranak um, and actually end up killing Taranak uh, and he says um, can you blame me the power to change the power to fix everything like can you blame me for doing that and she goes what do you mean the power to fix everything and the guy and uh, her kind of get in an argument and he, she, he starts arguing with her like I don't care, this isn't about you, blah, blah, blah. She wants to use this new power. He goes, you know, I just remembered, I don't need to explain myself to you. She wants to like, turn everything back, bring everyone back to life. Um, and then it cuts back and she goes, what do you mean, what did he mean fix everything? He goes, he was lying. I don't think that's true. Rewinds again. What do you mean the power to fix everything? Let me show you. Not another step, you're not supposed to do this. And it keeps like, he keeps, she keeps trying to stop him and then they start fighting um, there keeps being this like rewind blip and she stabs him in the eye and then rewind blip and she stabs him in the chest and they like keep arguing. She st- he stabs her in the head. She stabs him in the head and the throat He's, like keeps killing him, but it keeps rewinding. Uh, and finally she steps forward and grabs the light and brings everyone back. She brings Tomlin back and he can speak again. All of her people are alive and Taranak is actually alive instead of dead trapped in a prison cuts over and this guy sits up who looks similar to the, the Prince Brycemere. He goes, unbelievable, just unbelievable. One of the NPCs keeps stopping me from finishing the game. <laughs> I keep reloading the last checkpoint. And she goes, yes, I know. It's fascinating. Her co- He goes, her code expressly prevents her from attacking the player. The game is broken. She, and um, she was tearing down what we don't comprehend yet. That is a response for Neanderthal. We should seek to understand the unknown and understand we must experiment. So there's a big flip at that and they're they're like with this AI style game hmm. and one of the NPCs is actually breaking her code 
and breaking the rules. Uh, and he's almost in like an animus, like almost like Assassin's Creed style when he's in this game. This is a weird book. This is cool. It's almost like a precursor for next week as long as everything goes okay. Yeah. Like we, I like that. It was very – It's really almost like, like um, what was that movie that came out recently? Ready Player One. Like, yeah. It's kind of like that. But she was just like doing her own thing. This was a cool book. To- like someone told me like, hey, there's a big um, – what's the word? A big like twist at the end. I was not expecting that to be the twist. I was wondering what this time rewind thing was. I thought maybe it had something to do with the magic. The fact that this is a game and she's like this living character, I'm really curious to see how this goes. Um, I'm a big fan of the fantasy world, but I also love sci-fi, so this was different. I'm going to hop into the this. The artwork was incredible. Image Comics has so many different artists. They do such a good job. Like Just the, the armies and, and everything. The artwork was really good. I'm going to give the art a 9. All right. Action. There was a lot of action, and it was different. You had the sword fighting. You had their little fight at the end. You had Taranak tearing people apart with the tendrils. I'm going to give the action a nine as well. Sweet. Um, dialogue. No. Story. Story, yep. Story is very unique. This is very different. Like, there's been stories similar, but the way they told the story with the, the little rewind blips, which is actually him going back and reloading checkpoints. We've all done that when a game's glitched. Yes. <laughs> um very interesting. Not what I expected out of this at all. I'm actually gonna give the story a ten. Perfect. Uh, dialogue. Dialogue was pretty good. There was it was a little wordy. The players' dialogue was a little weird. Um, I totally get what it was going for, but it is definitely that player who's like way too high on himself and like takes the game a little too seriously. Uh, I just didn't like him, <laughs> and I know that's kind of the job of the dialogue. But I'm gonna give the dialogue a seven just okay. because it was it was a little wordy. Um, and then rereadability. I'm excited for this series. I'm interested to see where it goes. I, it's definitely book one has hooked me, but I could totally see it either becoming very compelling or falling totally flat if not done right. Um, because sometimes spoilers do that. A spoiler will pull you in, but if it's not executed right, then it it doesn't keep your interest. I'm going to give the rereadability a nine though, um, because I am excited for number two. And this would be, I think, again, this is a cool book for gamers because we've all kind of experienced these weird things. And just thinking about, like, what if you were playing a game and NPC just broke its code? Like, that's kind of different, especially in RPGs nowadays. Um, So I like it. Yeah, it was a cool book. Very good. 44 out of 50 for that one to close up this week's episode of the panel discussion. Uh, Anything you guys want to say in closing? Uh, We talked about... I want to talk about real comic book news real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Actual comic book. So if you grab a Marvel book this week, um, I think, or next week, it's going to be the same thing. There is this huge War of the Realms ad inside all of the Marvel books right now, which is going to be this like Thor-based storyline war. I've never seen them hype a storyline like this. Maybe they have in the past. But this just makes me feel like it's huge. It's got every single precursor to this storyline is listed and a huge fold-out uh, poster in every single Marvel comic book um, with this storyline. Interesting. This looks really cool. It's um, Mel- – Mel- I can't pronounce his name. Maleketh is back. Um, and it's going to oh, be – Oh, the a- Dark Elves. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be an all-out war. There's a cover of the Avengers with Blade on the front. Um, and there's all, I think there's eight different stories in eight different books that are leading up to the storyline. I would just say this seems like Marvel's hyping this up way bigger than a normal story. So it's gotta be something special. I feel like this is their new shot at a secret wars 
or something. It just feels really big, especially like they're doing Infinity Wars stories right now. Yeah, I almost picked one up today too. This is dwarfing the Infinity Wars story in size. Like it seems like they're hyping up way more than that. So this could be cool because this could be something down the road that we go, hey, there's going to be a movie about War of the Realms. Um, It it definitely feels like it's a possibility as a, a future um, cinematic style storyline. So definitely, yeah, I would just check that out. I'm I would, excited to check it out. I would hope that they go to the DC route and at least start making animated movies for things like that that yeah. maybe they won't touch because they've done so many Thor movies. But, like, there's so many cool storylines. And they they already did it with the... I mean, granted, it was technically Sony, but they've already done it with the Entrance Spider-verse of Spider-Verse. Now, yeah. I want to see that. I want to see some of those things yeah, that we they can't just get because we're not I don't think we're going to get Secret Wars no so it would be cool if we got that like in an animated movie a two hour well, movie. I think that's I, the best way to do it and because obviously all the major players most of the major players are moving on from the MCU as far as actors characters so we're not going to get like a true original Secret Wars which is the only way is I would want to see we are getting Secret Wars really that's one of the rumors that that's next that's the next Close out to the next phase. Oh, I see. think we get King the Conqueror. I think King would be great. I, I too. think that time travel stuff that they're going to do in Endgame is not going to. That's going to have a bigger payoff. Yeah. Well, we're getting with the Fantastic Four possibly entering the fold soon. X Men possibly entering the fold soon. That's why you get Annihilus. You, 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 you get Annihilus. You get King the Conqueror. You get Galactus. I want Galactus. If, if I, if anything. I would wait Secret Wars even longer until I have a good Doom story and set up Doom for a couple movies. Do Galactus first, then Secret Wars. I've heard the rumor that they may keep Doom separate. Like, yeah. as far as they may do a Doom story with, like, Black Panther. Oh, I'd be fine with that. That's kind of cool. I'd be fine with that. That's I'd be fine cool. with seeing Doom tie in with Because the- everybody's seen the Doom Fantastic Four movie. You know what we should do? Doom would be great with Captain America, too. One of these weeks, maybe after next week, if we do the video game one, we should just do like an all just all news one. Let's just speculate on phase on, about it, on phases four, five, and six. Yeah, I man. mean that or what we want to see, what we could see. It would be a nice cha- just, little change of what pace. What would you like to see? What would what we like to see in two thousand nineteen? We can and moving forward, we could do that. Let's do that in two weeks. Yeah. That'll be our episode in two weeks, and we can we can. Uh, It'll save me money. Yeah, <laughs> we'll. Uh, Oh, because we got a du- we got a double shot the so next we'll, couple months because the wedding coming so up we'll and all do, that. But... We'll, on that double shot, I mean, you'll be two weeks. You guys, yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, you know, recording. Mick no. Foley's gonna win the bell. They'll have butts <laughs> in the seats. <laughs> but uh, we're, we'll we'll do the comic book roulette episode. Let's do that. We'll also do the the just comic book talk news. What we want to see okay. in Marvel and DC. We'll By that point, me and Chris probably will have watched Runaways. Uh, I think so. So we'll have some stuff my thing to talk this weekend. About. Maybe tonight. So that'd be a good one. Just a, just a, just a discussion because we never like, yeah, we never really like discuss discuss like the MCU, the movies and stuff with little tidbits here and there. But I think that'd be a fun episode. We can like speculate on how they would bring the X Men in and, yeah. and, and do that. that well, that's it's like how DC would you bring people in? Yeah. yeah, just talk about your favorite characters. You know, I love the Dark Universe as far as Man Thing and Blade. Yeah. And, now it's the Netflix being gone. Can you? How would it be possible for Street Level to be on TV? So yeah, MCU. Yeah, so a lot of speculation there. Um, all right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the panel discussion. We will uh, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully with some video game themed comic books with our Push Start podcast brother. Take care. <laughs>